Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Hub City Homers, episode 29. We're back after Tech's defeat by the Cowboys of Oklahoma State in a close contest in which Tech did not score for over nine minutes of play in the second half. Um, we're not going to focus too much on that loss, mainly because Kevin McCullough appears to be returning, and then that basically means Tech's an entirely different team. We're also hoping for TJ's health going forward, but we are going to look ahead to the Big 12 tournament. We're going to talk a little bit about Iowa State, but we're just going to kind of look at the tournament as a whole, expectations, what Tech needs to do, and you know what what what's the worst case scenario for the Red Raiders. Um, in this tournament that can be allowed, you know, if you're not going to win it all, what's, what do you have to do to stave off disaster? Um, we're going to open this up by looking at that, but we're also going to talk baseball. The series against Mississippi state just finished up today, a few hours ago, thanks to some rain pushing the start of the game up, which is a lot of fun for everybody at work. Cause you could listen along while you're in your office um, or at home in your home office. Uh, Take was able to split that series, getting a much needed win on it's not going to go down as a road game, but it was a road game. Um, we're going to start, though, with basketball, and I'm going to open this one up to Reed first. Reed, you're looking at the Big 12 bracket as a whole. Let me see here. We, we have West Virginia and um, Kansas State first. I believe they're up right now. As of this minute, K, uh, KE. SU is down seven with 214 to go. So West Virginia looks primed to advance. But we're going to focus on our side of the bracket first. Your first opponent being Iowa State. You know, Reed, the Red Raiders split this series. They lost in Ames with seven players. They came back to Lubbock and were pretty comfortably better. Um, what do you expect in this third matchup for Tech against the Cyclones? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to, uh, you know, kind of see how we how we do with McCuller back. I don't really know what kind of role he's going to have. If he's going to start or, uh, you, you know, come off the bench and play 15, 20 minutes, or he's going to start and play a 35 kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I think you're a much better team in Iowa state overall. I think without Brockington, they have zero to little offensive structure. You know, I guess people could say the same thing, same thing about tech when it comes to Bryson Williams well though. So, um, I think it'll be somewhat close, but I think Tech knows what they're playing for. You know, in, in my opinion, if you lose this game, I think there's a chance you slip to the four line in the NCAA tournament. And I would feel a lot better if, you know, you did win at least one and, you know, kind of nail yourself into a three seed. Um, I'd feel a lot better about that first round opponent you're playing than as a four and 13. Um, you know, it, Obviously, Brockington's a great player, and they've got a couple other role players that can do a little bit of damage. But I think if you're able, you know, to kind of limit him, I, I don't think there's much reason you shouldn't win uh, when it comes to Iowa State. So there is a stat that's actually out there that talks about you know playing teams a third time. Um, interestingly enough, the stat suggests that if you swept the team in the regular season and played them a third time, you're actually extremely likely to win all three. As for a third matchup, when you split the series, ordinarily that's effectively a coin flip. But I think Tech is significantly better than Iowa State. Um, down the stretch, Iowa State was just not playing very good basketball. Uh, they, they, they looked a bit better in their season finale, but they basically imploded in conference play following a couple of big runs to start. They just fell off a cliff. Um, if it hadn't been for an extremely hot non-conference run, they would not be in the NCAA tournament discussion, I don't believe. Um, but thankfully for them, they were able to put together some strong wins in out of conference. When Tech played in Ames with seven guys, they lost narrowly entirely because they just couldn't score. They didn't have any scorers. They, I think that was a 47-point outing. Um, in game two, Tech scored over 70 at home and was able to secure the victory pretty comfortably. I think you're going to see more of that. I will say Kansas City is historically very pro Iowa State. Um, so you're going to be in a hostile environment. You know, Kansas and Iowa State typically sell out their, their games um, so in, in Kansas City. 
So you will be in front of a pretty hostile crowd. Tech has had some road issues. This won't be quite as bad as traveling to Hilton, but it is going to be pretty loud and pretty, you know, aggressive. So you're going to have to deal with that. But I think you are just better than Iowa State. In particular, I think Tech is well suited to beat teams that are predicated around, you know, one guy carrying the show. Um, Where Tech has lost this year against guys, against those teams that have that, or when those guys get free and get hot. You know, when when Pat got hot for Kansas State, when um, What's-His-Face, I'm blanking on the name, got hot for OU, Abaji for KU, those have been situations which Tech has, you know, lost a lot of their their, their, their road contests um, is when one of those guys gets free. But hi- historically, under Mark Adams, Tech has done a good job neutralizing um, top players. They did it against Gonzaga, against home. They did it against um, Kansas and Baylor and Iowa State and, to a degree, Kansas State. So you're hoping you can finally find a way to bring that intensity and really f- – I think if you face guard Brockington and take him out of the game, like Reed talked about, there's just nothing left for Iowa State to go to for scoring. Um, not that that's particularly easy to do. Brockington's a great player, but I think Iowa State's got some, um, got a little bit of that uh, that old boost from early season wins that don't look as good in hindsight. So I, I think Tech is better and should expect to win. Um, Jack, what do you what are you thinking here? Um, I, I tend to lean the same way that you guys do on this. Uh, I, I really I like what Reed said. I think if you face guard Brockington. Um, you the game then kind of falls on the shoulders of Tyrese Hunter, uh, Gabe Kalsher, uh, you know Koontz down low or Condit. I just I don't think that. Not saying these guys aren't talented. Tyrese Hunter is very talented. Um, I like the way he plays. I just don't think that Tyrese Hunter can do it on his own. Uh, I don't, I mean, if you, if you were to really take away Brockington in this one, uh, I just don't think that Tyrese Hunter could get his top, give his top performance and then get enough from the supporting cast to get it done against tech. If tech is as healthy as has been put in the news headlines over the past, uh, you know, 12 hours, I think that, um, I think that it'll be good to see uh, everyone back on the floor together. Uh, I'm interested to see how Shannon and McCullough mesh on the floor at the same time. I know last time was a little rocky uh, at times, but that could also be contributed to TJ's back just not being anywhere close to 100%. Um, I think that this team, I think the Tech I think that Tech can win this game comfortably. Uh, I do agree to the fa- to the f- point that uh, you know Kansas City always draws a great crowd from Iowa State. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're the top seed as they were f- a few years ago or the bottom seed. I'm pretty sure they had a great turnout last year, even though they won two games all season. So uh, you know, th- it's it's kind of reminds me of just like an old school trap game. It's a game that you should win. Uh, but you know, if you don't take care of your business, then this could be a lot closer than you would be comfortable with. I think, I think tech's biggest risk in this tournament in general is just historically tech has not seemed to take it that seriously. Um, it, it, it under Chris Beard, I believe that, 2018 team was the only one that I won more than one game. I could be wrong on that. The 2019 team I know was bounced almost uh, either in the first round or the second round by West Virginia in a pretty. No, I believe. I be- yeah, I believe. Yeah, the year we went to the national title, we were bounced in the first round. So yeah, like the, the, this, it, it, it's not like the tournament forecasts prefer- performance and you know the big dance, but Tech this year. Um, doesn't want to fall to the four line. I think Reed was the one who mentioned this. If you fall to the four, your matchups get dicier. Um, for one thing, you're going to get a, a tough challenge in the round of 32, where if you're the three seed, you're probably still going to be a pretty significant favor favorite, depending on how the bracket breaks down. Um, so the biggest thing for me to see Tech do is just look like they're taking it seriously um, and really playing hard. Um you know, that's not, not that isn't to say that they, you know, in these years they've lost that they weren't 
necessarily, but it does. There is something to say, be said for that. The guys in some of these years, it's looked like they haven't known what they're playing for in the Big Twelve tournament. Um, because playing for theoretical is hard. It's hard to play for a theoretical two seed, a theoretical three seed. There's nothing tangible behind that. Once you're in the dance, you're in the dance. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 there's a lot to be said about right now. Tech doesn't have a lot to play for in the Big 12 tournament other than avoiding falling to the four. And here's the other thing is the committee's shown some years that the tournaments don't mean anything to them. So it, it, it could already be a done deal either way. So I just hope that they're able to overlook all that and play basketball, get the rust off McCuller and pick up a win. Which brings us to my next question. Um, you're looking at um, the tournament as a whole. And I asked this question on Twitter, and I'm curious about your guys' thought. I'll reverse the order and go to Jack first. But, you know, what is the bare minimum number of games you would feel comfortable seeing Tech win in this tournament? You know, do they just need to get past Iowa State? Do they need to beat Iowa State in theoretically Baylor? You know, what what would you see here that would give you confidence about seeding, momentum heading into March, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I think that in my mind, I I would like to see at least two games. Uh, I think that I'd like to see the rust get shaken off for McCuller, like you said. And I think that in a in a full thing that takes uh, about two games, most likely. I mean, I'd like to see you know two forty minute games. Uh, get McCuller, you know, out of eighty minutes, you know, get him close to like a full game of of playing time and just to see what uh to see what that looks like i uh i'd be comfortable with two i i just want to get out of this thing unscathed i don't need any any uh you know nagging injuries getting getting re uh flare or flaring back up i should say uh that's that's my main concern of this whole thing i you know if if you could say, oh, well, you'll beat Iowa State, but, you know, TJ's back will start acting up again, or you'll lose to Iowa State, but you'll be completely healthy, I will take a loss and health 100% of the time. Ideally, though, I'd like to see two games. Um, I, you know, a, a potential matchup against Baylor, I just don't see Tech winning three times against Baylor. It could happen. Uh, but, you know, just just by the past of how the series, like you mentioned, like how serious we've taken the tournament and, uh, you know, just that game really wouldn't mean much for either team at that point. I, I just don't know if either team can really get up for that game. Um, but, you know, I two would be my answer. Reed, I'll go to you next with that same question. You know, what's the what what what's your minimum number of games that you see that says good things both, you know, if it's if it's a question of seeding or if it's more, more likely than not at this point, a question of momentum. How many games do you want to see tech win that'll make you feel comfortable? Yeah, I think at, at the bare minimum you have to beat Iowa State, you know, at least me personally to feel comfortable about heading into the big dance. We've not looked good over the last, you know, three, three or so games. Um, there, I mean, there was a slim chance you almost went zero and three. I know you beat Kansas State at home, but they took you all the way down to the wire. Uh, when when those two teams are fully healthy and you got them on your home floor, uh, that's that's really not something you should be doing against a team like that. Um, you know, obviously, if you beat Iowa State, you're probably going to get Baylor. I highly doubt Oklahoma's going to, you know, find a way to get past them. But if they do. Uh, I think that'd be a plus, uh, just because you know how you how you handled Oklahoma last time, um, and you've beaten Baylor twice. Like like Jack was saying, I I think it'd be really tough to beat a team like that three times in a year. Uh, if we were able to do that, I'd, that'd be amazing, obviously. But because um, I mean that would put you in the title championship for uh, the Big Twelve tournament, and not necessarily that. I think we need to win the tournament by any means. But I mean, if if you make it there, you might as well try and win it. Um, you know, but I, I think, uh, you know, kind of based off of what Jack said, I think if you get your team, you know, 80 minutes worth of game time in Kansas City, that would be good. Whether you win the second one or not, you know, I mean, it is what it is either way. Uh, as long as you just don't go and get obliterated by Oklahoma or, or Baylor, I think it's it's an okay 
situation to lose that round. Um, I, th- I just think you have to take care of Iowa State if you want to lock down a three seed for any for any you know specific reason. Yeah, I don't know how how much at risk the, the seeds is. I don't know if there's any chance Tech can move up. So I'm going to keep my answer kind of brief because you guys have touched on a lot of the points. Um, I think you have to beat Iowa State. I think everybody's in agreement there. Losing to Iowa State in McCullers first game back would be a bad sign because one, you need to get the rust off his game. That's that's an angle I really want to emphasize with this. Is TJ seems to be getting healthier, but if McCuller is you know ready and Bacho are both now ready, you know Bacho looked horrible in game one back. Right. Like that's what happens when these guys take long breaks and then come back. So, you know, we need at least one game from a color to get healthy. You want to win that game and give him a second look. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I d- actually don't like the idea of winning the Big 12 tournament. And here's why. Because basketball is such a game of variance. Right. The more games you play, the more likely it is you have a bad game. Um, and winning, I think it would, it, to win the national title, which should be everybody's goal with a team like tech, which has been top 10, top 15 regularly. Um, you know, you have to win, I think it's eight in a row if you do this. So I, that always makes me a little nervous. I mean, you guys remember the Kentucky undefeated squad couldn't do it. It's just, it's really, really hard to go on these really long, uh, winning streaks late case in point, the 2019 national title team was on a, I think they were like nine in a row they were 10 and one i think in their last 11 games but they had won like nine in a row and they get beat by west virginia pretty handily i think that loss was at least to some degree largely responsible for what falls in the tournament because it reset their focus and got them motivated again um when you start to feel invincible that's when things start to crack and alternatively when you're when you're winning like this pressure builds you know when are we going to lose again starts to become a factor so i i want one and then you know i'd like to sweep baylor i'm assuming that's who you get next but i don't really care either way like i said there's a stat that suggests that teams in third matchups who won the first two win like 77% of the time. The reason why is ordinarily when you sweep teams, it's because you're so much more dominant than them. Um, That wasn't the case for Tech and Baylor. Those were both very hotly contested games. Um, Baylor wasn't very healthy in the game against Waco. Uh, Neither was Tech for that matter. And Tech wasn't very healthy against the game back in Lubbock. Baylor also not healthy. So, you know, both teams are battling through it but your squad's going to be healthier than Baylor in round two so I think the edge would go to tech but I that's a toss-up game and it could go either way and you know I like Reed's point if you make it to the next the championship game you want to win it but at the end of the day I, I like the idea of taking a loss and getting some motivation and more than anything don't put your players in a position to get hurt um, whatever you do I don't think you run the starters if if the game starts to slip away I think you pull them pretty early um, you know if you start to get beat you know, rest your guys, protect everybody heading into the tournament. Get guys, you need your bench players to be better. I think we had two bench points against Oklahoma State. You know, those guys need more runtime as a unit. That unit looked completely out of sort when they've been good for a lot of the year. Um, that like Malik Wilson led unit was horrible against Oklahoma State. So you need you need to give them some runtime. Um, but yeah, you uh, beat Iowa State. Anything that comes after to me is gravy because um, I think if you beat Iowa State and you end up as a four seed. You were always going to be a four seed. Nothing mattered. But if you beat Iowa State and you're the, you know, I don't think there's any chance you move to a two, even winning the tournament. So um, from a seeding perspective, from a winning perspective, beat the bad team and, you know, then get just focus on staying healthy. Um, we're going to move now a little bit away from the Big 12 tournament, focus on tech and start talking about the rest of the teams in the Big 12. And then we're going to transition to baseball. Um, but I want to look at, you know, the Big 12 picture as we head towards the big dance you know it's looking like six seven teams may go kansas and baylor being kind of you know tournament darlings kind of favorites ku likely a one baylor maybe could even have earned a one um when you're looking at the big 12 as a whole you know do you think the conference is overrated or do you think the conference has demonstrated this year that it is as strong as people think and they're to come out in march like you know all pistols firing and you know we're gonna have like five big 12 teams in the sweet 16 you know what what are we looking at in terms of conference strength and that's especially looking at like the top teams how good is the top of the big 12 and i'll reverse the order again reed you can take that one first yeah i, I do think the big 12 is advertised as this year um you know i when you look at you know conference records, there's only I think it's the, the top four teams in the conference have a winning record. 
I think that goes to show how, how deep we go, uh, you know, all the way to even you know, Oklahoma State just beat Tech the other day, you know. Uh, of course, there's a lot of other factors going into that game that uh, probably played into the outcome. But I, I do I do think, um, you know, some matchups for the Big 12 are, are not good, obviously, depending on some, some mid-tier teams. Like, not to nitpick on Texas just because it's Texas, but, I mean, I, I personally, if they pick up, you know, they're probably going to be a five seed, I'd say, maybe a four if they can get up to it. Uh, it may depend on what they do in the Big 12 tournament. You know, I I could see them losing to a 12 seed, if I'm being completely honest with you, as a five. Um, you know, going off of history with, with that seeding, and I just think they're a very hot and cold team, you know, kind of similar to Tech, uh, especially when it comes to scoring the ball. Um, they don't really have one guy like, you know, like Ogbaji or Akinjo that can just go and get 20-25 every night. Um, not necessarily that Tech does either. I know Bryson's been consistent, but he rarely does he put up more than, I'd say, probably 20 to 22. Um, you know, I, th- I think defensively, uh, this league is, is incredible. I think that's what makes it so good. You know, really, Kansas is probably out of the top five teams, probably one of the one of the worst defenses out of those out of that group. But they have so much offense, they can you know counteract it. Um, and it really doesn't matter as much to them, you know, Tech and Texas and then, you know, even Baylor. And they've got some more firepower offensively than Tech and Texas do. But uh, defensively is where they make their money at um, and how they, you know, kind of like how it carried them to the national title last year was straight defensively um, on top of some really good guard play from Jared Butler and some other guys. <clears throat> so I, I think it's just going to be a matter of who they get paired against. Obviously, um, you know, just kind of who's hot going into the tournament uh, as well. So, Jack, I'll let you go next. Uh, and same question. I mean, when we, assessing the Big 12, what are we looking at in March? You know, are they going to prove their stuff? Or are we going to have a year where they bust and you see, you know, four teams down the round of 64, you know, the next two down 32 and like KU or Tech, you know, so one team is making a run. You know, what are we talking about? When you talk about Big 12 strength, uh, I I do think that the Big 12 is far and away the best conference in the country, uh, and I think it just comes from the fact that we've seen it throughout the entire regular season. Anyone can win on any given night. Um, I think that uh, to what Reed said, I don't think anything goes together quite like. Texas and losing in the first round in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you can almost bank on that happening every year. Um, if Texas gets a five seed this year and gets a tough 12 coming out, I, I wouldn't hold my breath if I was a Texas fan. Uh, and, but overall, I, you know, I think, I think tech ends up with a three. I think you're kind of there where you are. I, over the past couple of years, I, I keep feeling like as we go farther along in these, uh, with these tournaments that they just mean less and less to the committee. And I just think this year is no different. I think it just keeps getting less and less important to d- go deep into these conference tournaments. Um, unless you're a bubble team, if you're on a bubble team, fighting for a spot in the tournament itself and you go and win and get an automatic bid, then by all means go do that damn thing. But I just think that the big 12 should in all honesty, make a deep run with all the teams that are in just because of how good as Teresa, just how good their defense is. I think the worst team in the conference is OU and I think they're ranked like 39th in Ken Palm adjusted D. So Kansas is 32 for what it's worth. And so you have Texas, you know, TCU's in there, Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State's not going to the dance, obviously, but, you know, they're sixth in adjusted D. Iowa State is 10th in adjusted D. So, I mean, this this conference is so deep, and I think that, I think that possibly you might even see some of these Big 12 offenses other than Kansas and Baylor because, you know, that they're – team is essentially built on 
offense. I think you might see a lot of these other teams that might have struggled to score in Big 12 play kind of overachieved to their season average in the tournament just because, you know, they might draw someone who is, you know, 84th overall in adjusted D or, you know, maybe in the triple digits. Just a team that doesn't play good defense and relies on their offense to win their games. And if you're a good defensive team like Tech or like a Iowa State or Texas or possibly even a TCU uh, down the line, you know, I, I really think that that if you are matched up against a good offense, if you're a great defense and their defense is just bad and your offense is obviously just middle of the road then I think that you could see a lot of inflated offensive scores from Big 12 squads over this uh, over this tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to weigh in too much on how the other squads are actually going to fare in the tournament because I want to save my thoughts once I see the bracket on Selection Sunday. But I will say, um, as a whole, I think the Big 12 is as good as it's ever been. Um, one in- really interesting um, trend is how, you know, Chris Beard brings Mark Adams in the conference, and this conference turns into, like, a total defensive grind fest. You know, every team saw what Tech did and thought, you know, basically the same thing, which is just, it better, in college basketball, defense is better than the best offenses, and that that's largely been true. Um, I mean, even KU had to be, has gotten to a point where they've had to be better defensively to continue to maintain you know what they've done now they're obviously the best offense in the league and they did manage to split but they came it came down to the wire for them too and a lot of the reasons why is because you know the the defense of the big 12 make it so anybody can beat anybody um i'm a bit concerned about the conference you know you guys mentioned texas uh uh Another team on that I have on my radar is being kind of you know worrying is Iowa State. I think they're probably going to exit early. Um, I think I think uh, uh, I think uh, TCU could be in for an early exit. Um, you know Texas one could definitely could be in an early exit, especially if they go have one of those like Pat and Chris Beard scoring droughts because um, they they just you know the, 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 that that team when it does not score loses you know and i mean tech is the same way but texas will do it and they just aren't quite good enough defensively to make up for some of the scoring problems they've got you know you got to be pretty dominant defensively to score uh, like the clip they do um you know the te- tech has the same problem by the way tech could easily exit early if mccullough is not healthy um so that there, there are risks but overall i think the big 12 is as good as it's ever been and a lot of the reason why is they've all embraced this idea that we're going to get older we're going to get more athletic and we're really going to work defensively and make teams um hit tough shots um kansas on the other hand is sticking to the usual which is just flamethrower which works if you can recruit you know seven five stars and hope for the best but you know we'll see how it all pans out in the tournament but the teams i've got circled on my on my list has been um, early exit capabilities or uh, probabilities. It's Iowa State is one that I'm fairly confident it's down early, depending on their matchup. I think if Texas gets a scrappy, good, def- like an, an Abilene Christian team, you know, a team that's good defensively, I think they'll be downed early. Um, I'm praying Tech is able to use McCuller, in which case I think Tech is pretty safely into the round of 32. Um, KU and Baylor should be pretty safely on TCU is one that I'm kind of like, eh, but overall, I think the big 12 is going to get four or five teams in the round of 32, probably get three to four in the sweet 16, two to three in the elite eight, and then one in the one to two in the final four. And that, that, that's as good as any conference could ask for. Um, you know, the conference that should be embarrassed, you know, the PAC 12 is going to get like three teams in, and that's the same number as like the West coast conference and, um, the mountain West will get more teams than the pack. You know, the ACC is not very good. I don't think many of their teams are going to do well. Um, you know, it, it, the, the, the big 12, when you're looking at it, their only real competition is probably the big 10, maybe the big East. So, you know, it, it, it We'll see how it all plays out. Anybody can beat anybody when you get into March. You know, it happens every year. But I think the Big 12 should feel good about its position. I think they proved that they're as good as we think they are. Um, we're going to transition out of baseball talk because I want to get a good baseball discussion. Don't want to have to cut that off. Um, 
you know, we're, we're I, I, I believe Reed is actually going to see the new Batman movie. We are not sponsored by that studio, so I won't tell you to go see it. But um, that's what Reed's got coming up. So he's probably going to drop out here in a minute. But I really want to give Jack a chance to, to really dive deep into baseball because we just had what is arguably the most important series to date. Um, you know, Globe Life was fun, but largely irrelevant. Um, but the, the Mississippi State series in Mississippi, no, not in Stark Vegas, was uh, both the first real road test. It's not going to count as a road game, I understand, but it was a road game. And also the first test in a series format, just playing the two games against one opponent of of a high caliber, um, or presumed high caliber. Mississippi State's lost a bunch of games they probably shouldn't have early on. But I'm not going to get into this too much more. I'm going to give Jack the first take on this. Jack, you're looking at the, the, the outcome of the series. You know, Talk a bit about what you saw in games one and two. You know, Recap this a bit for everybody um, so that they have an idea what we're talking about before we start diving into specifics. Because not everybody watched that horrible broadcast. Good God! Don't don't get me started on that broadcast. Just I don't know how an ESPN entity puts that on screens and calls it quality uh, work. It's just it was just horrible, uh, and it's like that every. I would honestly rather it be played in Stark Vegas and had decent cameras and decent. Uh, you know, work done by, I don't need, I wouldn't even care if they were pro Mississippi state announcers, just give me a better product than what we've seen the past, uh, you know, a couple years. It's just been awful or the past couple times we've been in down to Biloxi. Uh, I guess the last time was 2020 right before our season got canceled. But um, first game, I saw a lot of sloppy hitting, uh, I saw a lot of not poor pitching, but just there was no there was no urgency. It was it was a big time lack of urgency, and it it was just something that kind of looked like they were just going through the motions. Uh, pitchers couldn't find the strike zone. There were a few good uh, performances on the mound, but they were overshadowed overshadowed by um, the poor ones. Uh, I mean, you saw your your main weekday starter struggle to find the zone after three innings. Uh, you saw your top, what has been your top relief guy, uh, come out and get shelled for five runs in the same inning. Uh, so that's not that's not too swell to see. Um, you know, you just had you had a lot of just iffy stuff. Uh, I mean, you, you did get to see a couple of good things. You saw uh, Bridges come in in game one. He had, he had two strikeouts and one inning of work uh, through 11 pitches. That's that's what you want to see. Uh, you know, Hardis came in, and, you know, he struck out three in two innings, but also, you know, gave up three hits and a run. But, you know, it's, it's better than it, the others. Uh, uh, Blessy did all right. Uh, he came in. He gave up a run, uh, no no hits, but a run on two wild pitches. Uh, so I, this the Achilles I feel like for this Tech squad for the past uh, couple years has been the the bullpen. Um, so my instant reaction, without literally diving into it, uh, would be one of concern. Uh, you had you had at least one uh, person are all the starters in the field for tech. You're starting nine, uh, you know, batters. All of them struck out at least once. Dylan Carter struck out three times. Uh, you know, yeah, granted, Jace hit a home run. That's awesome. Uh, I guess uh, Parker Kelly hit a home run. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. It just looked like a bad game for us. And getting facing a team that was reeling and facing a team that had no momentum whatsoever, uh, to go out there and let them score nine runs in the bottom of the fourth, uh, you end up losing 11 to five. And it's, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you take that inning away and, you know, it's five to two, tech wins. But really, uh, it was one inning where everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong, and they put up nine runs. And 
you just can't give up nine runs. I don't care if you're playing Mississippi State, who won the national championship last year, or if you're playing Merrimack College. Uh, nine runs in an inning against anyone is going to get you beat pretty much ten times out of ten. Um, so that was a little concerning, to, to say the least. Uh, today, you know, Tech comes back and wins 7-2. to uh, It was a platoon game, and you got a stellar performance from Jamie Hitt, who's normally a bullpen mainstay. I imagine he will be pretty much all season after this one. He came out and gave you – got the start and gives up uh, no hits over four innings, one walk, four strikeouts – only threw 58 pitches, but you know, it's a career long for an outing for him, but he gave you four scoreless innings uh, and against pretty much the same lineup from the day before. And so uh, you just, you, you love to see that um, other people that pitched, I know bridges pitched. Um, he did really well to uh, kind of stop the bleeding in the inning where they scored two, um, I know that, uh, you know, Jace Lopez came in kind of for a bit. He, he kind of, he let up a couple hits or one hit at least it scored one, but, uh, you know, your pitching looked better today, which is all you can really ask for after last night. It, it was definitely an improvement, uh, for sure. Uh, I do want to talk about the, uh, huh the hitting for today. Uh, Kurt Wilson had a couple of RBIs. Great, uh, great hitting it towards the end to really log it up. And um, if you would have told me <laughs> at the start of this season, Mike, that uh, the first person in the big 12 to hit five home runs this season was going to be Parker Kelly. I would have asked you what you're on and where can I get some? Because, that was absolutely an abs- – it's been an absurd run for PK. I mean, I know that you've enjoyed watching it as much as I have. Um, just just to see a guy that had two career home runs and now that he's in his fifth year and he has five through um, 14 games is just absolutely it's, – it's just awesome to see uh, Parker, who's normally known as a – as your standout third baseman and as a, just a glove in the field, you know, a lot of people know him as the sure handed fielder. And, you know, if he gets a hit or gets a solid uh, hit now and then to drive and run, you know, that's a, that's a positive, but you know, he's been raking, he's hitting 435 on the year. He has five home runs in 19 or no, I guess today, uh, it, I guess it pushes it to, 19 does he have 19 RBIs? i don't know he has he's up there it's RBIs 19. As well. yeah okay yeah he has yeah so he has 19 rbis as well or no he had nine yeah okay yeah he had 19 so uh he's tied with um he's tied with freaking melendez of texas with rbis and he's leading him by one in home runs so it's just it's just really it's absurd what you're seeing from parker right now um I think they. I think I saw Tech put out a tweet say the last person to hit three grand slams in the season was back in 03 or 04. So I mean, you're seeing something you haven't seen for at least 18 years. Uh, so just what we're seeing right now today was great. Uh, today is you'd like to see a little more offense from your other people. Um, you know, Cole Stillwell hit well today. So did, like I said, Kurt Wilson did. Uh, but you know, you can't, uh, if, even if you have Parker and Kurt and Cole hitting well, you, you really need to see some, some more guys step up. Jace went over five today. Um, you know, Dalton Porter went over three, uh, you know, Trevor Conley had a, had a walk, but you know, he, he went over three. Uh, Washburn had a walk or two, but he went over two. Uh, so uh, you know, Brome Brome struck out a couple times and he got hit by a pitch. So you know, you just you need you need to see some other people step up across the 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 lineup. But to, I think you're still we're still in that point of kind of looking to see 
uh, what lineups work well in what situations. Uh, you know, I know today that since they had a righty throwing, that I think there were there's one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six uh, guys hitting in the lineup that were left-handed because of that. So you're not going to see this lineup every day, obviously. But I think that a lot of it, uh, a lot of it is looking really positive, and uh, you're starting to see the guys that are supposed to be carrying this team starting to step up and carry this team, and uh, that's what you need to see, uh, you know, right before we ramp up for Big Twelve play. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about Parker Kelly, uh, who's been the star of the young season, um, I, I it. To put this in perspective for people, if he just stopped hitting right now, like this was it, like this is he he decided he gets hurt or something, this would still go down as a very good season, right? You know, nineteen RBIs. I think he's hit home runs like five consecutive games. I mean, he's just been absolutely on fire. Three grand slams, and we're not even in a conference play. Um, I don't know what the record is for grand slams in a season, but I am curious to see if Kelly gets a shot at it. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of guys in this lineup that we know had power, but there were still questions. You know, you did lose some big bats and, you know, you needed guys to step up. Parker Kelly for his career has not been a great hitter, been pretty consistent, but not a great hitter. Um, I believe he had a big home run in a critical moment. I want to say that was two years ago, maybe last year where he walked somebody off, but he, he hasn't been known for his hitting. Um, he's done a great job in the field. He's always been a strong defender. He's been a reliable hitter, but not a power hitter. So, you know, for him, just lo- looking outside of just for tech, I mean, he he's putting himself on draft radars. You know, like his, his defense has been outstanding. And if he's hitting 430 for the year, which probably isn't going to happen, but it, say his average ends up being like 350, 375. And at his current pace, I don't think it's a joke to say he ends up with close to 30 RBIs. I mean, he's going to be on draft boards. He's putting himself in the conversation. Um, because we all know Jace Young is going to be a top 10 draft pick, if not the number one overall draft pick. We all know that's coming. But Parker Kelly is getting himself into that conversation, which is exciting to see um, for, for Red Raider fans, because that one, you need him in the lineup. Um, you know, uh, I, the, you've gotten some home runs from some other guys, but you need somebody consistently hitting the ball hard so teams can't just walk Jace Young and feel like they've avoided Tex power hitters. You know, Washburn's got to hit hard. Owen's got to hit hard. Kelly's got to hit hard. The more of these big bats you put in the lineup, Carter had a home run for himself today. Um, you know, the more of these big bats in the lineup, the more teams have to pitch Jace Young because situationally they know if they put him on base, somebody's bringing him home, which has happened. Um, this game you know he was brought home when he got on base looking at game one you played pretty well outside of one inning you know i mean but the problem is is like that one inning reflects a weakness of this team i think you you know you touched on this but it's it's easy to think well it was just one inning bad baseball they moved past it and that that, that's the optimistic way to take it and i don't think there's necessarily the worst way to look at it but the reality situation is is that the guy you know you're counting on to be in midweek games was beaten up and then he handed a really bad situation off to the guy that you're counting to be your best reliever um, or has been your best reliever to start to start the year and he collapses under the weight of the pressure you know he, he's unable to get you out of damage and he gets shelled um, after that moment you played okay but the biggest thing is tech has had a bad habit in the last two years now digging themselves in the holes and trying to dig themselves out late you got a baseball is a game you have to play um really seven innings. Nobody in baseball plays, you know, nine perfect innings most of the time because you just, you, you in college, you're running through three or four pitchers to get through a full game, but you need to play seven really, really good innings. And the two innings where you're not as good, you can't give up crooked numbers. You know, it, you're not going to shut many teams out, but if you limit the damage in those innings where, yeah, you're running a reliever out there who doesn't really have the juice, then that, that, that's the goal. And you can't have moments like this where you're you got to go to the pen and your backups just can't get you out of out of out of dodge. Today, for instance, Mississippi State loaded the bases multiple times. Tech wasn't exactly outstanding. Two errors, um, had some walk problems, hit by pitch problems. They loaded the bases up, and Tech just continuously kept them from building momentum, putting up big numbers on the scoreboard. And as a result, they won this game pretty one sidedly. Um, you know that that that's what you have to do. 
It wasn't like Tech played a perfect second game and won seven to two. They were they had a really big inning, and then they they did what they needed to to limit what Mississippi State was doing. And that that that's that's baseball. Um, you know, I was impressed with some of the relief pitching to, in, in game two that really did a good job of when you got into a jam and your name was called. I think really only Lopez had issues in that situation. Um, but the rest of the guys that came into this the, 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 this run were really, they just got you out of dodge when you got in trouble. Um, it's extremely early in the year to be extrapolating grand plans and points about the rest of the season, but it is time to start evaluating this team as a whole. And Jack, you know, we're, we're, we're closing in on big 12 play. I don't remember the, the, the game one for conference play for tech, but you're looking at the big 12 conference as a whole. It's clearly a, a two man race, you know, it's tech and Texas racing to the top and nobody else has looked particularly good. But when you're looking at the conference race as a whole, you know, it, it, it is there is there somebody behind Tech, based on what you've seen from Tech so far, that has the potential to get past them, or is it really just can Tech, you know, overcome Texas? I think um, I think that I always say when people ask, you know, how's the Big Twelve look? I always say to look at the top four, and and over the past you know, probably five, six years. It's been the same four at the top. It's been, it's been tech, Texas, Oklahoma state and TCU. Uh, you know, TCU, uh, just came off a road trip to Kentucky. Uh, I think they lost two of three to Kentucky and I know they lost to Louisville, uh, yesterday or two days ago, but those are two good teams. TCU is, is a little, I have I kind of have them as a question mark. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. They're on a first year coach with uh, Sarlus after uh, Schloss left to go to Texas A and M, but I just don't think that TCU really has. They have juiced and they'll win a lot of conference games. I think, but to run the board in conference play and maybe take have to come up and take two or three from Texas. I just don't think that happens. Um, I don't know if they play in Fort Worth or in Austin this year. Uh, I want to say that they play in Austin, if I remember correctly, but I'm not too sure on that. Um, the other team I always, you know, obviously is ranked, they're ranked high every year, Oklahoma State. Uh, Josh Holiday. you know, he has his guys, and they're always – they're always towards the top. They have the reason they're ranked so high this year is because they have a lot of returners. Um, they have good pitching. You know, they. I think they're returning all. I think they're returning two of their three uh, weekend guys from last season. So that's a good de- um, determining factor on why they're ranked so high. Um, I know that they lost a series to Gonzaga over the weekend who we've seen in Lubbock and they're no slouch. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's going to be as bad of a lot as a loss as, you know, it might seem right now by the end of the year. I think that it probably, uh, it probably goes down as a, a better loss than it's looking right now. Um, you know, I, I really, it depends on how tech opens up, you know, they open up the weekend of the 24th, uh, or the 25th, I should say, 25th, 26th, 27th, I believe. And it's against Texas in uh, Lubbock. So, uh, you know, you'll find out real quick just how good this team is and if they're worth uh, their beans in the Big 12. Uh, I think worse, I mean, if you take if you take two of three, obviously that's good. Uh, I think that you can get by taking one of three. Uh, but... Starting out zero and three would be disastrous. Uh, I I don't see a full sweep of Oklahoma State in Stillwater this year. Uh, I also don't see a full sweep of TCU in Fort Worth. Uh, the problem with this, you know, these schedules kind of is it's a little one sided in a few years. You know, one year you're playing Texas at home, but you know you have the next top two teams, which Oklahoma State and TCU on the road. Uh, I mean, it's just same thing can be said like last year, you know, uh, we had TCU and Oklahoma state at home, but you know, you had Texas on the road, you end up taking two of three from them in Austin, which was really nice. 
but all things aside, I think once once the season gets farther down and we're looking in the final two, possibly three series of the year, I, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really uh, Texas in front and uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State behind them just to see uh, just see if they can keep up. Uh, I, I if you recall from last year, I know that we had talked about it a little bit last year during the season, but. Um, you know, there were a few games where uh, Tech lost, like Tech lost one at West Virginia. I think that should have been bad. I think we didn't. I believe we lost the series last year at Kansas State, uh, and that was that was just bad. Uh, and so you gotta you gotta eliminate those types of losses. You gotta beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I think that in the end, uh, you know, the committee is a little more lenient on postseason seating if you're losing to teams that are in, you know, that are going to be decent like TCU and Oklahoma State uh, for sure. But I would I would say most likely it'll be a three-person uh, between Tech, Texas, and Oklahoma State. I think TCU fades a little bit towards the end. Yeah, I think I think you know the, as much as Tech fans may not want to hear this is that Texas is probably leaps and bounds the best team in the country. Oh, um, by by far, they're they're they are elite in every facet of the game. They yeah, there's, I, a, there's a reason they are number one. And as much as I hate to say it, because I hate Texas just as much as the next guy, um, Texas is really good. They have great pitching. I, I you know they lost Ty Madden and uh, you know all these other people, but you just they re they've reloaded Melendez is back he's he's good Faltine is great Hodo is great out in the outfield um you know Kennedy's a great leadoff guy uh or in the top part of their lineup they are in every sense of the word and facet of the game they are elite yeah, I just I, I I don't know how many games you can get out of Texas. I don't know if Tech can even. I don't know how many games Texas is going to drop in total in the Big Twelve. You know, they're 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 that good. You know, they've got one loss of the year to UCLA. They just beat t- uh, a good Texas State squad um, narrowly. Um, you know, they're 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 good enough that I feel comfortable saying unless something radically happens with tech baseball, you know, you really get on a hot streak, Texas will win the big 12. Um, and I, th- I think Texas should be the presumptive favorite to win the national title. Um, I'm not saying you can't knock them off baseball. So much just depends on consistent pitching luck with injuries, guys getting hot, you know, ba- the baseball is a crazy sport, even more so than basketball and football. It does not take a lot to really gum up the works for a baseball team. Just one starter going down and your bullpen can just be fucked. So, you know, for both, Tech and Texas, who are probably the two best teams in the conference by a degree, um, you know they're they're, they're going to be battling out. And you, I, I, you never root for kids to get hurt, but if you're a Tech fan, I, I, barring an injury, I don't know how you get past Texas. Which means you start looking behind you. You start looking at Oklahoma State, who's a solid squad. TCU, who doesn't look particularly good compared to years where they've been really, really good. You know, TCU used to be you know the the toast of the Big Twelve. They that's faded this season. They just don't look like a complete baseball team. They've dropped some surprising outcomes. Um, you know, that's one thing I will say about tech. Like we don't know what's going to happen with, with Mississippi state. Like they've lost a lot of games. They shouldn't have tech has not lost to a necessarily bad baseball team yet. You lost to Auburn. You lost to um, Arizona, both of which will be factors in their respective conferences. And you dropped one to Mississippi state who just won the national title and was supposed to be a top 25 team. We'll see what happens to them long-term after some of these losses to Tulane I, instead I, of yeah. miss. I'd go, out on a limb. I'd, I'd go out on a limb that I, I, I legitimately think like with what we saw in Arizona, if Arizona continues playing the way they did in uh, Arlington and just Put, putting up ungodly numbers, I really think that they could challenge Stanford for that Pac-12 title out there. Yeah, and I mean, Tech Tech avoided getting beat by uh, uh, Ken State, avoided DBU upsetting them, avoided Merrimack wasn't even much of a contest. Um, I, I'd argue that game shouldn't have been played. I don't know what Tech's doing, scheduling a program like Merrimack. Um, I, I, think, Cadillac- I, think, I think there was a little... Uh, of false advertising on the uh, Merrimack side, knowing Tadlock, he doesn't really like to schedule teams like that. And I think that someone might've sold him 
you know, or told him that they were better than they actually were. I mean, I don't know what happened there. That wouldn't surprise me because that, that just tech is Every division one baseball team schedules wins, but I've never seen tech, at least under Tadlock schedule a team that, would lose to some D3 and high school teams. I mean, Merrimack was legitimately horrible. I mean, just a horrible baseball team. Um, the fact that like any of those games are even remotely close is a testament to how hard those kids were playing, but they just sucked. So I don't know what we're doing scheduling them, but you, you didn't drop any of these games. You know, you, if Mississippi State pans out, you know, if Mississippi State shakes off their blues and gets on a little bit of a run, this will go down as a good series. You went to Mississippi, which... You know, the distinction between that and playing Stark Vegas, I don't even think is that, you know, uh, significant. That was a full minor league stadium of Mississippi State fans. And, you know, it, it nasty weather aside, they were there, they were loud, and they were angry. So you went into a hostile environment, got some wins, got a win. Um, you didn't play your best in game one, didn't play your best in game two, and got a win. So, you know, uh, I think Tech has established itself as the number two. I think Oklahoma State could challenge you. We'll see about TCU. Nobody else in the conference should, is going to be much of a factor. I don't think OU, OU got shellacked and during one of their um, – I mean, th- those series aren't super telling, but I, I don't think anybody expects OU to be much of a factor. West Virginia is not going to be a factor at all. Kansas State's not going to be a factor at all. KU's not going to be a factor at all. Um, Again, baseball's crazy. Maybe these teams get really, really hot, and then I, I, I look like a dumbass down the stretch. But I think it's going to be a three-man band between Oklahoma State, Texas, and Tech. I think Texas will end up winning the conference. I think Tech should be focusing on, you know, just shoring up its offense outside of Lubbock. You know, really working on keeping its bats hot when they're not in the offensive-friendly skies of Lubbock, and you know, just hope for the best. But I, I think that if you can get a game from Texas, if anybody can get a game from Texas in conference play, that's a win. Um, there is a very real chance that Texas could run the table in conference play. That sounds like an overreaction because that's really, really hard to do in baseball because you need your pitchers to be good every day to do that. You know, you need your three guys to be good every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They Texas have the, yeah, they have the they have the three guys to do it. They, they they're just they've done like they've lost yeah. a game. You know, they've lost a game. So statistically speaking, they played some damn good baseball teams. Just statistically speaking, like the, the odds are good. Somebody gets one from them. But when you're looking at the back half of the conference, there are not going to be many teams you're going to get a game from Texas. I, I was, I was, I will say this. I watched the, um, I watched the Shriners classic this past weekend. Um, and when I wasn't watching tech play a junior high, and uh, Texas, what Texas did to that LSU squad, who's absurdly talented. I mean, they just pretty much rendered them useless. Uh, they're, they're pitching. It, I mean, not to turn this into a Texas love fest, because that just sounds disgusting. But um, I like good baseball, and I like to watch good baseball. I like to watch good teams. And uh, right now, I, I really think you would be pressed to find someone who is, uh, you know, who is capable of holding their own with Texas in all three games over a three game series uh, at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, like we don't want to harp too much in Texas as a tech podcast, but the point of this discussion is just where does tech fall? And I think you're firmly number two. If on the chain, if you beat Texas in this series this year, by the way, if you're able to do that, I think this is in Lubbock, correct? Um, this year yes yes it's it's the it's the opening series in big 12 play so if you were able to beat texas in the series that will be a series win i don't expect anybody else to get i don't think texas will lose a series in the big 12 um or not many you know like i said it's crazy to talk about that because baseball is what it is but they're that good if you win that series if tech wins that series that is a launching point for a hell of a season so if you're if you're asking how important is this first series one it probably will decide the conference race um if you have any chance of winning the conference you have to beat texas and number two and most importantly is that's the kind of momentum that launches you into college war series runs and as we get down the line we'll start evaluating i think weekly you know, where is tech looking in terms of the greater national landscape? But I'll close our discussion here with that note. 
that, you know, that Texas series is going to be as big as any. So if you were able to get to that game, be loud, be obnoxious, have fun and enjoy. Um, I'm going to close this out here. This has been the Hub City Homers. Reed was here with us earlier. He dropped off to go see the Batman movie, which I'm hoping he tells me is good because I think I'm going to have to go see that. Only heard good things. Um, We'll be watching the Big 12 tournament and heading into Selection Sunday. We're planning to do a Selection Sunday special, but even if we don't, we do have a very, very, very special guest coming up. I won't spoil it now because I want to make sure we get that recorded before we release it, but we've got some really exciting stuff coming up for our podcast to help you guys uh, get ready for March Madness, and then we're going to continue to bring the baseball content more and more often, and once we're out of basketball season, it's going to be more or less all baseball. We may we have another special guest coming up later to talk about some other stuff, but we're, we're going to be hard on the baseball season and supporting Tadlock and the boys and talking softball where we can. Um, we're going to get to the ladies. Don't you worry if you're a softball fan. But that that's our show for tonight. Have a great rest of your week. We will rally up with you guys, hopefully, on Selection Sunday. Wreck them and, uh, you know, let's go get one in Kansas City.